There's a war going on right now for the soul of our country. I'm Gary Duncan, your host, and I'm on the quest to find the remnant men and women of God. So join me as I talk to the culture warriors of our time and get ready for an impartation, a spiritual download of faith into your life that will inspire you to the action by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So welcome to the Remnant Revolution. I call it the circle of worship, and I don't know if there's a real meaning to it, but I just envision God imparting to you. You write it down. You come together with maybe a couple people or yourself. You put it together. You perform it. I join in on that, and we all praise back to God. So it's like he's he's like, here, Greg, I've got something I want you to sing to me. And when you do that, everybody joins in, and it's just a circle of his love to you, to us, back to him. That's one of the best teaching points about worship songwriting that I've ever heard. So at our next songwriting seminar, Gary, could you come speak? Oh, yeah, I'd be glad to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd only speak for three minutes unless you have other great points. <laughs> no. No, but uh, no, seriously, the the circle that you described, that really is how you have to think of it. Now, um, there is, where's my notes here? Um, you know, there is, you know, there's songwriting craft involved and, not anybody can write a song. Um, so, oh, so, so I shouldn't send you what I've written down then. Well, no, it's not that. <laughs> put my reading glasses on because I am of an unknown age. Over 40. I'm of <laughs> unknown age. Um, <laughs> all right. So here, here's an example. You know, during this time of coronavirus uh, and all of the shutdowns, you know, uh, all of my all of my touring income, which is a substantial part of how I take care of my family, all of that those shows are on hold. All of that income is gone, and I don't know when it will come back. Uh, and you know this presents a sudden difficulty. And at first, I was afraid, but not in a way where I would go, "Oh, I'm afraid." You know, let's look up three scriptures against fear. It was more like, what am I going to do? You know, but behind all that was fear. Well, you know, Psalm, uh, you know, uh, Psalm, yeah, Psalm 34. You know, I sought the Lord. I believe this is verse four of Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And that Psalm begins, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And it's like, okay, wow. How do I bless the Lord at all times? Because that's what the word says to do. And God is worthy of praise at all times. He has done so much good in our life that when you're faced with something that's suddenly bad, you can't, um, you can't forget that God has been good to you and he will be good to you because he is good. So I had to kind of just uh, over a period of days, just keep bringing this to the Lord, looking for answers, but mostly just like the Psalm, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. And so I took Psalm 91, which would be familiar to, you know, people who 
studied uh, about fear, you know, that would be familiar. And I just felt like I needed to sing it. And it ended up becoming a song because I brought it to two other writers uh, that I've written with a lot. I brought it to the, brought what I had to them and together we made it a full song, but really I didn't start out saying, I want to write a worship song for people to sing. I was simply saying, I need to sing Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my refuge in him. I will trust. And the psalm goes on and and basically talks about every kind of danger you would ever face and just lets you know that God will protect you. And uh, so I I just wrote a melody to it. I just took the actual words of scripture and wrote a melody to it. And I sang it over and over and over again. And I came back to it, you know, every day for a period of days. And, And after a few days, I felt like the Lord said, you know, play this for this other songwriter in our church. And I did. And he said, yeah, I think, I think I may have an idea for a chorus for that. And then I got, I got with a third writer and we all got together and we wrote it and uh, it became a song called under the shadow of you. And it's a beautiful song. It's going to be great when we get to have our choir on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, you know, it just, it sounded something like this. I'll just play a brief bit of it. That's all right. He, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. And here's the chorus. My hope is set on You. My soul will not be moved. I found my safe refuge under the shadow. Completed the circle, but because I got with other writers uh, in that case and collaborated, but um, it just started as something that I needed. And um, so, what the way you describe that—that's a great way to describe it. And along the way, you have to, you know, have that songwriting gift from the Lord. You have to have developed your songwriting craft. Then you have to have a commitment to collaboration because, um, you know, there's. There, there are things that God wants to speak through us individually, but usually 
there's someone we're supposed to collaborate with because God mm-hmm. is speaking to his people. And if you notice, like a lot of the hit worship songs, right. uh, they've got two and three, four writers on that. So, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, we're in Music City. We're in Nashville. So this is the place for the I've lived here all my life, but it, it looks like to me it's turned into the millennial capital of the world. And all the churches that gravitate towards that audience, uh, nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, very vibrant young groups. And um, uh, there was a, the song, you know, the song, The Blessing by Kobe, uh, Cody Barnes. Uh, and that's a song that, you know, you just look, they talk about how it started and all that. Um, but it's gone worldwide which is amazing because other churches have picked it up. There's their blessing UK, there's blessing South Africa, blessing Pittsburgh. And they're all, you know, in this time that we're in, you know, we haven't lost the choir because now the choir has gone into multiple faces singing on a computer screen, which yeah. I think is, is pretty cool. How do you see that, um, that way that now churches have come together, they're worshiping, they're um, they're feeding off of one another. You know, somebody writes a song, they pick it up, and it, it just it seems like it's an anointed movement of whether it's a song or, or um, you know, a couple of different songs or whatever. But you know, I guess looking at that, we would we would tend to get pigeon framed and saying, "Well, that's worship." You know, look at that worship. Well, in a way, it is because we're all singing to God. Uh, if it's scripturally based. And so um, how how does that, how do you think church or worship is going to change or is it going to change because of the way we're doing things now? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't feel like I have a good sense of, I'm still, I'm still trying to understand how God wants to use me with where things are at. Uh, so I don't really have a good sense of necessarily where it's going, but I know that what's amazing about God is that thousands and thousands and thousands, just in the English language alone, think about how many thousands and thousands of good and useful songs have been written through the centuries. It's amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. And it seems like in every awakening, every revival, every significant gospel movement, um, the people that really lead that uh, movement usually uh, write hymns as well, along with their messages and things like that. And, you know, the, the hymns that really stand the test of time usually are songs that come out of revivals or awakenings or you know, gospel, uh, gospel movements. And so I think that in our day, we just have to uh, look at, you know, not just what is a good worship song, but what is God doing or desiring to do through our generation? And when I say generation, I'm generation X. Um, I don't mean just generation X. I mean, all of us alive at the same time, this Mm -hmm generation of generations um, you know what is God doing right now because it's not you know the the last great awakening that I believe the scripture prophesies before the end 
um, it's it's not going to be just young people, you know. It's not going to be just millennials. Um, it's not going to be just the old, the wise, you know. Uh, it's going to be much like you saw on the day of Pentecost, and where uh, the Apostle Peter is explaining to the crowd, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied. Old, young, men, women, uh, servants, you know, not just not just uh, the, the wealthy and the elites, but even down to the servant classes. Everybody, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And what happened on the day of Pentecost, as big as that was, the prophecy uh, of Joel of an outpouring of the spirit in the latter days, there's another one yet to come before the very end. And because Jesus said this gospel will be preached in the whole world as a witness, and then the end will come. And we're not there yet. Uh, we're, we're not at the point where, where we really have, you know, preached the gospel to the whole world. Um, the early disciples, they certainly reached their known world uh, in their day and saw uh, amazing results, but that's been 2000 years, man. So what mm-hmm. is, what is Jesus doing through our generation and what are the songs that need to come out of it? So if you're, if you're trying to find out where's worship going, I would ask what is God desiring to do in this generation? Um, mm-hmm. Is there a great awakening is there a great outpouring of the spirit? Is there a great gospel publication that is going to go worldwide? And the songs are going to flow out of that. There's always songs written kind of like, you know, that, that weren't attached to big movements. That always happens. But, but really look at the movement of the spirit in the earth and, and know that that's where the worship is headed. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, that's, I was listening to the, um, the pastor, pastor in uh, uh, the UK that organized the Blessing UK, which is 65 churches came together. And he was just talking about, he heard of it from the St. I think it's the Pittsburgh Blessing, where they just went on, created it. And I mean, it, it was organized so quickly because it spoke to just God blessing his people. And, and uh, uh, but it was interesting to hear his story. You know, on the other side of the pond, as they say, um, to hear that, that, you know, that side of the world is catching, it's got some of the same sentiments and thoughts of, of where we're at uh, church-wise. Uh, it's interesting to hear it. Um, well, Greg, I think this about wraps up our time here. And, I, you know, is there any last words you can give us with just looking at worship and how we are to carry on? What, what uh something that might help us to kind of keep that in frame. When you were talking, one quick question though, you were talking about hymns and worships. Are hymns a little different than what, because I'm thinking in my mind, oh, worship song. Well, that's a high, you know, you got the guitar, you got the piano, that's worship. But when we sing, you know, some of the hymns that we've done, that's, that just, that just brings back some, some good old feelings too. Are we writing hymns today? Yes. Are we, or, or I'm mean, just missing where the hymns are being written. We are writing hymns today. Um, and I think 
to define what is a hem, it's kind of like you either need to go real specific or very broad, and I can do both. A hem, quite simply and very specifically, is just a poem set to music. So a hymn is a poem about God set to music. Uh, but if you kind of go with Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, give us a, a, a really well-rounded prescription for New Testament worship. It says, number one, don't be drunk with wine. I think that's, all <laughs> that's a great place to start with worship. Okay. Uh, So it starts, uh, you know, don't be drunk with wine because that is wasteful or uh, uses a fancy word dissipation. But it just means you're wasting your time. God has something better. Instead of being drunk, be filled with the spirit singing or speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to God and giving thanks always at all times or in, in, in every situation uh, to God in the name of Jesus. So Psalms means the actual scriptural Psalms. So worship, dive into the Psalms, read them, speak them, uh, sing them, set them to music, uh, use them as part of your worship. And then hymns. Hymns, I, I think, are are songs that are written that are theologically accurate that can stand the test of time even when musical styles change Uh, musical styles change quickly and then spiritual songs to me means two things number one it means songs that are very fresh and current like bless the blessing uh like a raise a hallelujah things that are very fresh and current because they speak by the spirit to something that's right now. Uh, You may not sing them, want to sing them every day for six years. Uh, You may wear that out because there kind of turns a corner and the spirit is speaking uh, some new things. So spiritual songs are, are fresh current songs that speak to uh, immediate situations, but spiritual songs are also songs that uh, as we're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives us a vocabulary of praise that is unique and that is very specific. So we can sing whether in the secret place or if properly led, we can sing in the gathering place spontaneous songs. So you see with multiple different churches that do recordings, you know, they'll have their prepared song, right? And then they'll have a spontaneous after that. And so... You know, I think Ephesians tells us psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and that keeps us well-rounded. And so I would just say kind of as a parting thought, um, a lot of people seem like they know a lot about worship and they have a lot to say about worship. Uh, And you can get bogged down in all the details of how much there is to know. But just remember this, worship is loving God with your whole life in everything you do. The Bible can tell you ways to do that, ways that are pleasing and honorable to God, but don't make worship more complicated than it is. It simply is my life, Romans 12, 1 to 3, surrendered to God as a living sacrifice. Everything I have belongs to him. All that I am belongs to him. My future belongs to him. My life and my time is in his hands. So he's the Lord. 
and I am glad and blessed to be part of his people. He is my father. I'm glad and blessed to be his child. And Jesus is my Lord and King, and I am honored to follow him in everything. So don't make it more complicated. Amen. I like that. Great. Well, Greg, I appreciate you really taking the time to talk to me about worship. It's been wonderful. We appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. And that'll do it for this episode. Until next time, thanks again for listening. And if you like what you heard, please leave a comment and a rating on iTunes. This helps us get heard by more people. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Check out the show notes for more information. And if you have a question or want to be a part of the show, leave a message at www.remnantrevolution.org. Until next time, 